Hello everyone, this is another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. Burn Value here. And uh, we're looking at the March 10th edition of Value Line. And as we do every week, we're going to give you our candid views on uh, which of these we think you should focus a little bit on. Were, I thought they were unvarnished views. Well, they're unvarnished and... Uh, Candid. Therefore, candid, candid as well. Candid. They're both. Okay. Right. right. So uh, there's a lot of industries here. I'm just, we're going to get right to it. Uh, uh, Vern's going to go first this week, but uh, I'm, this is Val. I'm going to talk about uh, FedEx and UPS. Uh, I'm going to talk about Hunt and contrast it to Burlington Northern and talk a little about Expeditors International in that discussion as well. Uh, we're also going to talk about Applebee's and McDonald's and how you might uh, benefit from owning those. And finally, a little gem, uh, we think anyway, G&K services. But uh, with that, let what me turn Starbucks? it... What about Starbucks? What about Starbucks? Well, we've got some things we do every week where uh, okay. Value Line has some stocks in here that we think are their number well, one save rated. Save for later. Save yeah, save it for later. later. They're very expensive. Uh, they're highly rated, but so uh, I, we're... Yeah, we're going to... I looked at this week's... Okay. Um, I looked at this week's table of contents and saw... Air transport, well, everybody knows that that's just another term for soon-to-be-bankrupt. Um, I think so, although I'm doing a couple of those. Trucking, there's a lot of differentiation available, you know, possible there. Maritime industry, yeah, I'm sorry, restaurants. Kirby um, has a star. You know, what's hot, you know, talk about a lottery sector. Um, yeah. You know, but environmental industry is on here. Yeah. And this is a place that, hey, this is a... Uh, it's an industry that was very hot when I first got into the business. Um, was considered a growth business. A lot of roll-up activity going on, and of course, uh, as most roll-ups do, it all ended badly. Um, actually, it was yeah. a little more. I guess it wasn't right at the outset of my career. But anyway, um, not that you know I'm that old. But um, so I thought it would be interesting to revisit this, and uh, especially because. Uh, you know, this is an industry basically run by the big three in terms of commercial haulers, uh, waste management, which we like, and we're going to come back to uh, Republic Services and Allied Waste. And um, Value Line has a one on one of them, a two and a four. So they, they think you can differentiate among the three. I thought that was kind of interesting hmm. because when you get right down to it, they're basically trucking companies that the main freight that they haul is garbage. Garbage. So, you know, so yeah. I, you know, and with that in mind, I, I went back and looked through the truckers trying to find somebody that was a high value carrier, like maybe a, ref, a specialist in uh, refrigerated transport, but alas, nothing there. So at least uh, garbage is more interesting than just, you know, brown boxes. Well, historically they had a lot of regulatory issues in this industry as well and uh, re remediation, uh, and uh, I think that added to a lot of expense years ago, but I believe maybe that's mostly passed now. What do you um, got? What do you got? Well, most of these companies went through difficult times through recession. People discovered that they really were cyclical. So anyway, we're going to start with Allied Waste, which is a $3.6 billion market cap solid waste management company, it says here, in 39 states. Um, about two-thirds of the um, capital structure's debt. You know, that probably has something to do with uh, how this one was built. Um, you know, a, a slight premium to market, but if you look at uh, if you look at the chart, basically the stock's gone sideways for, oh, Lord, five, six years or something like that. It's been wandering in the wilderness. Um, so it's only five times cash flow. But, uh, you know, when I see that kind of a number, I get pretty excited and think, well, yeah. here's probably a gem, and maybe... Uh, Maybe uh, maybe value lines onto something. It's pretty here. cheap, but uh, I'm also struck by the fact that uh, 
Common shares outstanding, according to value line, up 40 million between 05 and 06. So the esteemed management of allied waste, despite the uh, stock trading I see at like four to seven times cash flow in that period, uh, sold more than 10% of the company, I guess hmm. to relieve the burden of now they're only two-thirds, you know, 67% debt to cash. A value line rate's just a two. They, uh, like, they like it. Return on capital, 5%, and has never been any better than that. That's not so that good. So, you know, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, there's something that is not right here. And so I look at the ownership structure. You know, it's in the small print, but you ought to always be looking at this. Value line's great about showing you if there's, uh, you know, a major in, inside holder. Apollo Advisors owns 19%, Blackstone 15%. You know, uh, some people would call them private equity investors. I would call them sellers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, an overhang here. So definitely, I mean, this falls definitely in the category of value trap. Um, so I'm thinking, well, maybe, uh, maybe uh, value line every once in a while, they seem to get things a little backwards from the way I'd look at them. So I went to the four, Republic. Yeah. Very well-managed company. One of the largest non-hazardous solid waste. I mean, they all do the same thing. Uh, not as much financial leverage, 46% debt to cap. Interesting that Value Line just lowered it to a four. So uh, it was a three before something. The stock's done all of like from mid, you know, low to mid 30s to high 30s in the last year. Um, there's some pretty significant growth acceleration going on according to Value Line, but maybe a little optimistic. Um, I'm looking at return on capital has never been better, on the other hand. Um, I, you know, the four, I'm not sure why it's a four when it looks like a, a better investment. Um, I mean, a steady grower over time. Look at this chart. I mean, it actually has a positive side. Well, it looks like a nice uh, pattern, except over the last year it's been a little sluggish. Maybe not, it's an opportunity. Not, not, much, uh, not much yield, but, um, you know, it's not a bad idea. Certainly better than Allied. So then I get to the big, uh, the big kahuna, waste management, $18.6 market cap. They're sort of in between unfinancial leverage at 57%. Valuation of all three of these is something like a 10% premium to the market. But waste management's yielding 2.6%. Allied zero or nil. I love how your value line says yeah. nil. I get we're all we're all British this week or on this day of the week. 1.4% at uh, Republic. Um, and so you know what do I get here? I mean I was sort of thinking I wasn't going to like it, but uh, value line. Uh, you know first of all we got return on capitals. You know closer to double digits. Um, you know a little bit. Uh, more competitive with the rest of the world, um, certainly the market, certainly a sustainable business model. Um, you know, the cash flow multiple is something like seven and a half times. And I'm looking at operating margins. Value Line really has them hardly going up at all in their model, uh, where they arrive at this, you know, forecast that it's seven and a half times cash flow. Um, well below historical levels in a booming economy in the late 90s. Maybe there are structural reasons why that's lower, but, you know, according to Value Line, they have a recently initiated divestiture program getting rid of low return properties. Also says they're in the midst of a restructuring program. Uh, particularly favorable industry-wide pricing environment. All of this, ladies and gentlemen, is a situation where you can buy something that's relatively steady, safe because the economy is really in 
sort of mid-cycle form here. There's no reason to be concerned about an impending recession or anything like that. That's when a company like this, I mean, it basically capacity utilization story, got to fill up the trucks, got to fill up the landfills, use the assets efficiently. In a, in a nice economy, with a lot of internal programs going on to cut costs, these guys are going to be surprising to the upside. These margin numbers are going to turn out to be too low. The cash flow multiple is going to turn out to be too low. This looks like, a, this looks like actually a pretty good idea. I agree with value lines. One you know, this on is this. very rare for them in that they've got a number one rated stock that uh, the chart doesn't look like it's about to come down on the other side. Yeah, it's not a moonshot. And it's kind of more of a fundamentally based uh, story the for The stock them. right now, they're showing 33.70 for a stock price, not much above the highs in the last two and a half years. So um, it looks like it's ready for a breakout. Um, one more. I had, to, I had to take a look at this because I, it, it's a stock that – I've looked at a long time ago and hadn't seen in a while and uh, always been interested in it. Stericycle, a uh, little under $3 billion market cap, 33% debt to cap. Value line rates at a 2. They just lowered it from a 1. Um, the stock's like $60. Bucks. Um, you know, but the story here is that they're the largest provider of regulated medical waste management services. In other words, really high-value garbage. Yeah, so yeah. here's dangerous, the, here's the refrigerated garbage carrier, if you will, of the garbage world. Um, so maybe there's, can I buy this one for a 10% premium to market? Can I buy this for eight times cash flow? Wrong. Uh, 20 times cash flow, 40% uh, premium to market, no dividend, high return on capital. I mean, it's been a nice grower over time. I, maybe I buy this on dips, but be careful here because they're making acquisitions, three more in the fourth quarter. No specific details disclosed as yet. That sounds to me like code for high prices. Later on, they uh, value line documents a deal at three times, actually more than three times revenue, um, and then talks about heavy investments outside of core medical waste. So I'm not up to speed on what Stericycle's uh, strategy might have evolved to, uh, but my answer is, uh, you know, get serious. I'm not paying for... 12, 13% return on capital. I mean, that's probably the company's cost of capital. So high value garbage, but I mean, ridiculous multiple. Waste management's a good idea here. And with that, I would love to create a, a, a transfer yes. the burden of entertainment and insight All right. to my partner in crime, well, thank Val Hughes. You. Thank you very much. It's exciting to be here. At this time, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to call this the midpoint of our show. And we'd like Traditionally to encourage a beverage break. A beverage break, and here's to uh, to our audience. Thank you. Oh, that's good this week. Uh, all right, let's get to it. This is part two. Uh, this is uh, Val Hughes. Get it. And uh, we're looking at Value Line as we do every week. Just going through their industries. First industry, air transport. Uh, obviously, the consumer market Please is don't uh, tell me you did dangerous. No, well, I sort of did in that, uh, you know, the economy's growing. We've got uh, stable and low rates. We've got more wealth than we've ever had. We've got the stealth recovery where GDP growth, consistent growth, is approaching the longevity of the Reagan economy. And uh, it, no one knows about it because we're distracted and all. But that means it's good for, you know, some of the industries they've covered this week, including transportation, because as the economy grows, of course, uh, it needs to, uh, more stuff needs to move more somewhere garbage. else. That was my point. Garbage, more goods, more what have you, uh, more of everything. GDP growth and transportation growth tend to be in sync. But right now, we're in a period where there seems to be a little bit of capacity constraint. Uh, uh, 
asset owners are getting a little more disciplined on adding to their fleets, and so pricing's, uh, been, good. pricing's been good. Fuel costs have been offset by really a surcharge. Kind of basic industry. Yeah, and uh, and so you know, I'm, I'm looking at these two, and I, I'm trying to cover a lot of stocks today. So we're going to be fast, ladies and gentlemen. If there's any questions on detail. Uh, just email us, uh, val at thevalueguys.com, and we'll answer any detailed questions. But I'm looking at FedEx and United Parcel Service, both great companies, adding to GDP, uh, you know, enablers of e-commerce. Uh, just to point out, you know, you can't fax a sweater or email a sweater to somebody, ladies and gentlemen. These people have to Not bring it yet. to you. Well, that's true. Not yet, obviously. But um, so United Parcel Service, rated 2. Uh, 15 times cash flow, a little over the market multiple. Uh, they've been earning pretty good returns, uh, you know, on capital, and uh, approaching 20%, generally improving a little bit. Margins approaching 20%. Uh, the prospects for this company are terrific. Uh, they do a little better than their competitor FedEx. And, uh, you know, the value line analyst here is saying their prospects for the years out in 2000 and 2011 are bright. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow, but uh, prospects in 09-11 bright. Companies rated a 2, and uh, yet they're projecting earnings here on the left side. Value line projects earnings, 10% growth over the next few years, 15 times cash flow. They've got it rated a 2. You know, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's a great brand, but let's keep looking. Well, FedEx is rated at 2. This is at a discount PE multiple. It's 10 times cash flow, a 33% discount to UPS. Uh, their ROI is only a few, you know, 20% lower. They're doing 15% returns on capital. United Parcel Service is doing 19. Uh, their balance sheet is not as good, but 17% debt to capital with a billion dollars in cash, 8% net That's debt. incidental. It's incidental, and FedEx is coming off a capital sp spending cycle where, if you remember a few years ago, they decided to compete with United Parcel Service on, um, on ground, and so they bought a bunch of trucks, uh, and they also expanded into Europe heavily, and, uh, you know, they're just now getting to where, over the last few years, their ROI has been improving steadily as they've gotten better utilization of their fleet. Um, one other way United Parcel Service gets a higher return on capital is that they pay a dividend every year. They pay half of their earnings in a dividend at UPS, and they give you a 2% yield. Uh, FedEx keeps that. They reinvest it, and they are, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, the, the company that's a little bit on the come here, and they're about a third cheaper than UPS. Uh, of these two companies, you know, I'd be a little bit of a buyer of FedEx. I'd wait in. Great run company. And uh, I think that's a great opportunity. Value Line has that rated at two. I'd buy it over uh, uh, UPS. Uh, let's move along. Burlington Northern. They have rail this week. I think there's one company to look at, Burlington Northern. Uh, this company has the highest return on invested capital in rail. Uh, Value Line rates at a three. I'd say ignore that. Buy the stock. It's at about nine times cash flow. Uh, basically, the economy appears to have legs for another couple, three years. Fuel costs are driving truck, uh, you know, pricing very high. Rail operates under that umbrella. Rail's actually getting their first increase in revenue per mile uh, in literally 80 years. You can go check that on the uh, Commerce Department site. And so there's a little bit of a better rate environment. Uh, Burlington Northern also happens to own the highest return on invested capital stretch of railroad in America, and that is in the Powder River Basin, which is uh, just chock full of, uh, of coal. 
there were some fires there last year. There was disruption to the coal uh, capacity. It's the cheapest coal in the world. <clears throat> it's cheap, but you got to pay to get in there, and you got to pay Burlington Northern. Yep. There's going to be some great year-over-year -year comparisons because these routes were disabled last year due to a pretty serious fire. People don't know about that. And there's a little bit of a coal shortage on the East Coast in terms of just industrial inventories as we move forward. So uh, as these lines come on, Burlington's going to see a little bit of a pickup in year-over-year -year comparisons yeah, I got and earnings. News for you. I got news for you, Val. It's a little tighter than that. The, uh, the last inventory numbers that I looked at showed that uh, inventories relative to consumption at electric utilities in all of the United States were at multi-decade lows. Yeah, okay. So that's... Uh, that's just uh, Burlington's going to carry that coal, ladies and gentlemen. The risk here is, of course, recession, but with them getting uh, price increases with the cover of uh, trucking rates, uh, you know, I think. The other thing Burlington does, and I want to get into this a little bit, they're in the intermodal business where they're partnering up with J.B. Hunt. I'd also draw your attention to J.B. Hunt this week. J.B. Hunt, J.B.H.T., value line rates this two, and I think they're wrong. I think it's a one. Uh, J.B. Hunt looks like a traditional trucker, but on the inside of it, they have a business called Intermodal, where in effect they act as the front end for capacity of containers that ride on trains. So it's kind of training wheels for people that are used to the service levels of truckers, but want to explore the lower rates per mile of rail. You can go to J.B. Hunt, you get the friendly trucker front end with some reliable estimates as to pick up and delivery, and yet you're going to save 20-25% per mile on your shipment because what happens is J.B. Hunt handles about 10 percent of the miles. Burlington Northern handles 90 percent of the miles. J.B. Hunt picks up 47 percent of the revenue. So it's a pretty sweet deal Ooh, for like J.B. Hunt. They earn over 40 percent returns on capital and you're paying nothing for this business. The streets fooled on this, ladies and gentlemen, because during the last couple cycles, J.B. Hunt was building up their container inventory and it was a drag in the last two cycles. Last two cycles, J.B. Hunt had the worst returns, the biggest declines, the biggest losses, all because they were thinking ahead and putting together this uh, container inventory that now is coming online just in time for the driver shortage. So uh, J.B. Hunt, eight times cash flow, high returns on invested capital and rising in the 20s. And um, I well, think... Well, how can you not like a stock with a guy's name and his, it's J.B.? He's, what, uh, do you have he, any idea what that stands for? I, I should, but uh, I, 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 I don't. don't. I don't. It's probably... And, uh, well. I do I know what Burlington anyone. Northern stands for. Uh, money. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a three, and I would, I would own that as well. That's, these two companies, I think, are good picks for transportation, and the expectation of the economy is going to stay good for a couple of years. I want to contrast J.B. Hunt with a number one rated stock here at Value Line, Expeditors International, which I know very well and have covered over the years. I love this company. I love Peter Rose, who runs it. He's done a fabulous job. The company, the stock's up a hundredfold in the last 10 years, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, 10 years ago, I was uh, table pounding it. But right now, it's 40 times earnings, and it may work out from there. But J.B. Hunt has a little gem inside. It's eight times cash flow. Expeditors is 20 times. 40 and times? What's it? 40 times earnings, what, 20 what's times cash flow. What's the saying the earnings are going to grow at? 
they're looking at 17% uh, earnings growth. So if you take uh, oh, that's all. earnings yield of 2.5% two, two plus earnings growth of 17, that's 20%. This expediters, you know, I can't buy it because I'm a value guy, but I mean the returns from here on expediters, it's never been smart to bet against expediters, ladies and gentlemen. But all I want to say is that J.B. Hahn has a very high return little freight forward type business inside of it that nobody knows about. It's uh, eight times cash flow. Finally, I want to move along here. We want to keep the time. Uh, they do restaurants this week. There's a couple to pay attention to. Applebee's, they rate it four, so it's worth a look. The stock's flattish to down over the last two years because they had some trouble with comps. But, uh, you know, this company continues to earn mid-teens returns on capital. They've got great locations. And, uh, you know, people are going to come back. This is a business of location, location, location. They're moving from a two times a year revenue shift to eight times a year. And uh, I think with the demographics favorable for eating away from home, meaning that there's a new generation of people who don't know how to cook, and you're also getting a new generation of people who are too feeble to cook. So it's actually a perfect time. They're getting into the... Yeah, they're uh, eating more and more. Eating more and more. These guys are sponsoring a Weight Watchers brand effort within their stores. They're sponsoring takeout and to-go. They're doing a lot of innovative things to drive traffic at the convenience level. They're working on the menu. And uh, as a, you know, I think this one's 10 times cash flow. Uh, the balance sheet is, uh, you know, okay, 40% at the cap. That's one to, I think, nibble on, Applebee's. Uh, McDonald's rated three. The stock is a 12% discount to the S&P. It's a real estate play, ladies and gentlemen. Now they basically take fees from franchisees who worry about the business, and they've got to pay uh, you know, rent basically to McDonald's. So to it's the a, Lord. To the landlord. So it's a very stable business. Uh, they've been, they're 10 times cash flow now. McDonald's is pretty cheap. It's run from a few years ago, but still cheap. Uh, they're buying a lot of stock back. They have plans to buy five to six billion dollars worth of stock the next few years. Uh, the returns on capital are improving as they get more into the landlord business and less into the restaurant business, which is what's been going on for some time. And, uh, you know, uh, the only negative I can really see on McDonald's is they've got a bit of a tarnished image health-wise. They've been improving that with a nice collection of salads that are overpriced that moms eat while their kids play there and eat bad food. It's, it all seems to be working. This is one of the few big companies I've ever seen that's managed to start to improve their returns on capital even after they sell, you know, uh, billions and billions of dollars worth of stuff. Walmart managed to do it when they got into grocery, and McDonald's has been doing it through a combination of uh, buying franchisees and improving the menu. So uh, this is a giveaway price, McDonald's. I'm a long-term uh, holder of that. A uh, couple other quick things. G&K Services this week. This is the number four uniform supplier. It's ten times cash flow. It's a good space, isn't it? It's traditionally been very good. Business continues to grow, so people are hiring, uh, you know, and they're worrying about and uniforms. And, and they want them clean. And they want them clean. <laughs> and these guys have a good balance sheet. The stock's done nothing for many years. It's probably it's at a market multiple. Uh, you know, they could also be a buyout candidate. The number one and two guy could buy these guys. It'd be accretive. They need to grow, too. So, you know, this is a no-brainer in terms of low risk. I don't know how well it's going to do, but you can put this away and feel safe about it. And, oh, by the way, value line rates at four. Now, as uh, that's G&K services. Now, uh, 
we're coming to the part of the show that I really enjoy, which is called the uh, value line got it wrong part of the story. Uh, Starbucks rated one this week. The chart is straight up for I love 10 Starbucks. Years. I love Starbucks, too. I'm drinking a Starbucks right now. Let me take a break. Ah, I mean, it's fabulous. I love what they're doing. The third space. I'm a, I respect the brand. It's a great one. A great drive-in coffee. Great new brands that's been created in America. They're trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, you know, they've thought about doing things like music. They, in the years past, thought about things like Williams Sonoma. They don't. They don't exactly know what to do with their space, but I think they're migrating to being a source for music and things like that. But you know, those are commodities. Coffee is coffee. Dunkin' Donuts sells as much coffee as they do, and it's half the price, and it's still coffee. Uh, the best locations are gone. The new locations are higher uh, cost, lower ROI. This is 51 times earnings, 30 times cash flow. They have a 15% margin, which means there's nothing, you know, it's not an element, ladies and gentlemen. This is coffee. They do earn high returns on capital, but, um, you know, I don't know if those are sustainable. They're in the low 20s. You said they weren't. You said well, that they're, they're adding yeah, lower return properties. I think so, and I think if you do want 20% returns on capital, you can buy them cheaper My, than you Starbucks. Know what this is? You know what this is? This is Krispy Kreme only unfolding over a much longer period of time. Uh, I don't know. I think the accounting here is okay. I'm not going to say well, that. Well, I didn't but, mean to get there. Yeah, I'm but I mean, it, it just, it's coffee. Right. It's coffee. At some point, okay. everybody's going to want to drink fruit Enough juice. said, and uh, coffee, and they're dead. you know, what happened. All right, anyway. and then finally, uh, Moody's, MCD, Value Line has this rated one. The stock chart is great. This was a spin-out from Dun & Bradstreet a few years ago with negative equity, so they've had very high returns on capital because their parent company spun them out with negative capital, capital. So, yeah, and they've been improving. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's bond ratings, and the debt markets have been great because of low interest rates and all that, but I don't think it's sustainable. And uh, the stock's 34 times earnings. It's well, as 30 rates start to rise, refinancing activity dries up. Right, right, And their right. business models leverage to that, right? Yeah, thanks for getting to the point, Vern. You're just so good at that, <laughs> and I guess there's no more on that one. But Moody's, it's 30 times cash flow. Uh, the government is coming to maybe regulate this industry a little bit in terms of bond ratings. Um, and, you know, there's not that much to bond ratings. There's four companies out there. It is a competitive business. And so, at uh, you know, I'm not saying it's not a great franchise. It is. But if you want this type of thing, I think you could probably buy it cheaper. I'd step aside and wait for a better price. And this is Val Hughes. That's all I have this week. Vern Value here. Waste management was my idea. And uh, that's all we have. So join us next week for another edition of The Value Guys. This has been the March, Value Line Observer. March 10th edition. Of and, the Value uh, Line Investment Survey. Thank Adios. you. Adios. Visit our website, by the way. We'd really enjoy that. www.thevalueguys.com or uh, listen to us at iTunes. Thanks very much.